The Weekly Harvest, an in-depth look at the Brandon Weekings and the WHL. Washman trying to come up with it for Allison. Here's Allison right in front. He scores! Brandon Junior Hockey fans, you've waited two decades for this. In the league's 50th anniversary, your Wheat Kings are the champions. Well, good week once again. Welcome to episode 50 of the Weekly Harvest presented by Coors Light, the official beer of the Brandon Wheat Kings. I'm Chris Falco. He's Brandon Crow. Crow, episode 50, bud. How you doing? Wow. 50 episodes. 50 uh, times. You and me have now done this. Yeah. Uh, that's, we, we've seen it all. And, <laughs> we've, and at least we've half had, of those have been kind of good. So yeah, you know what? I think now that we've hit episode 50, we're really hitting our stride. <laughs> I like to think that the weekly harvest is like a diesel engine. It just takes a while to get warmed up. That's, that's what I like to think. So, um, yeah, I want to, I want to ask you though, of the 50 episodes, which one has been your favorite to this point? Ooh, put me on the spot. We didn't. We we did not come prepared for no, us I, doing I'm kind throwing of this like right this. at you. Um, uh, one of the very first ones that come to mind, just because of the nature of the night, it was so almost just thrilling because it was so exciting with when Bob McKenzie was here for the sportsman's dinner. I mean, cause we were putting on the sportsman's dinner, which is like a big event to, to help run it and, and, and put on you're running around. And next thing I know, all of a sudden we're rushing with him upstairs to record a podcast. while I'm getting texts that I am needed back in the other room. So that night comes to mind as just like one of the craziest fun podcast nights. Um, in terms of ones that people might not expect though, I think that one of my favorites would have to be, you know what? I was going back and talking two of them. Um, maybe even three, Darren Ritchie, Marty Murray, and, uh, and Redden. When, when we got to talk to those guys who were on those, uh, those, those like early nineties teams, um, that we grew up watching. I mean, even throw Dingman in there too. I mean, we talked to so many over this film over the 50, but probably those guys just to hear those stories from those teams that like I grew up, you know, watching and, you know, and sort of idolizing as a youth in Westman. Those are probably some of the ones that, that stick out for me off the top of my head, at least. But we, we, we've had a lot of good ones. How about you? Well, two for sure. Uh, the Bob McKenzie one. Oh man, what a night that was. It was just uh, a crazy night, that, right? It was just, there was so much yeah. going on. And we got to do it live, which there's something special about sitting in a room with a legend like Bob McKenzie and, and doing a in-person interview like we did so that one was cool um wade redden uh was great because i grew up an ottawa senator fan because of shane Knighty being from nipois and that's where i grew up uh, until i moved to boys vein so uh interestingly enough my wife and i were cleaning out our store we've got a storage uh, bin at her parents farm it's like an old grain bin that we store a few things in you know furniture and whatever we can't fit in our house and i was going through a rubbermaid tub and i found a mini stick that i made in shops class in like grade seven and it's this little stick and I painted it all up to look like an Easton Z bubble. Do you remember those sticks? The, yeah, yeah, the Z yeah, bubble? yeah. And the name spot that I had, I burned in with a wood pen that you burn into the wood, redden six on the stick. Nice. So I was like grade seven. So anyway, he was good. And uh, honestly, my favorite story of all the stories we've heard, and I think about this regularly when I'm in the rink, was Jeff Odgers. I, I love talking to Jeff Odgers. I've talked to him a lot over the years. He's been a speaker at, at Verdon Oil Caps dinners and sportsman's dinners and the story he tells about his first senior game after the NHL 
when he scored a goal and then he got to the bench and he looked up to watch the replay on the rafters, but he was in like the Rokenville arena <laughs> and there was nothing but light bulbs hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> That's one of my favorite stories ever from a guy that went straight from the NHL to playing senior hockey with his kids. So now uh, that was the one, that was the one interview that I was not actually a part of in, 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 in this whole thing. I can't remember what happened. Yeah. I wasn't there for that one. I, I might've been coaching your kids baseball. Something I, I happened. It, yeah. It was during the summer, but something happened one night and uh, I wasn't able to do that interview when he was available because yeah, i was looking back and i remember listening to that one and being like there was that one time tuning in the podcast we you know we still did the intro extra together but the actual interview part i just got to listen to and actually to kind of be a fan so it was cool to get to hear you talk to him one of the other ones that sticks out in my mind and not just to you know blow smoke up him because he's on the podcast this week but it was when we got to talk to Krim. anytime you get to talk to, to to a guy like that that has so much history uh with this team i mean more history than anybody i uh, and just how well of an interview he is i mean you just ask him a question and he just gives you such an amazing answer he's such a well-educated well-spoken man um so for us this week to get to sit down with him was was another treat but um and as we kind of joke about later on in the in the in the interview uh that's still the most downloaded episode so of the you know 49 now this number 50 but of the 49 that uh, that original crim one is still the most downloaded but thanks to everybody for all the downloads uh, over these 50 episodes uh, a few episodes back we crossed the 10,000 download mark uh which is uh, you know obviously a pretty big deal for 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 just us doing this uh you know really appreciate that seeing us climb up on the charts um as of this recording today crew i don't know if you saw but we're back up inside of the top uh, top 60 looking at crack back the top 50 of hockey nice. podcasts in canada um and that's with all the big ones so uh you know appreciate everybody doing that and to celebrate the 50th we thought that we better do maybe a bit of a giveaway and uh, the bwk team store has come through and my prize desk has come through because we have got a couple of very cool items that we're going to be giving away uh, for this week so crow's going to tell you about how you can get entered i'm going to tell you about what we can win you can win yourself a game worn eric roy white weeking jersey so that was the home jerseys so eric roy jersey it was uh, it was before he was assistant captain so if you want we could put an a on it just because he was assistant captain but he wore that technically the years before so it doesn't have the a on it but it's eric roy game worn so i want to keep it legitimate unless you whoever the winner is want to put the a on plus then we have got uh, like i mentioned last week the uh, the jordan 2-2 poster now this is the original like weber printing jordan 2-2 poster this isn't a duplicate a reprint uh this is the original promotional one that, uh, that 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 he signed so uh we got that one as a second giveaway plus we have that eight by ten autograph of ivan provorov so uh, we got those three prizes as giveaways and there are uh, many different ways that you can enter yourself in to win those yeah so check out uh q country and uh the week king social media channels tomorrow after we launch this episode it's going to go live i know we are a day late but uh, that's because the Brandon Week Kings played Sunday Monday. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk why we're yeah. a day late this week. So, yeah. uh, so t- on Wednesday, whenever this comes out and you're listening to this, head over on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter if you can and check out either the Q Country page or the Week King page. It'll direct you where you need to go. And it'll be as simple as liking a post and tagging two fellow Week King fans in the comments. Now, for a bonus entry as well, you can send us an email, qweeklyharvest at gmail.com and tell us your favorite episode. Let us know what you think. Give us a little bit of feedback. That'll get you a bonus entry in. The contest will close on Sunday at midnight, and we'll announce the winners, our three winners, 
of the uh, Eric Roy jersey, the 2-2 print, and the Provorov signed print in episode 51. So uh, this is all part of our celebration uh, with Q Country, uh, our, our great partners at Coors Light, as well as the Brandon Wheat Kings and the BWK Team Store, uh, celebrating the 50th episode and over 10,000 downloads. So uh, whenever you're hearing this, head over to social media, check it out, like Tag a couple Week King buddies, maybe the guys you go and grab a beer with before the game, or send us an email at qweeklyharvest at gmail.com and get your name entered into the draw. Yeah, and we appreciate, uh, you know, if you're just listening and you're like, you know what, I'm not going to do any of that, fine, then 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 it's all good. We just appreciate <laughs> you listening, but, you know, it's an absolute free crack. Uh, you get a chance at that game-worn uh, Eric Roy or the autographed poster again, a 2-2 or the 8 by 10 Ivan Provorov. Qweeklyharvest at gmail.com. And just on any given week, we just, we don't appreciate you emailing in, uh, us and sending any feedback. Uh, so the day, uh, the reason why we're the day late here this week is because, uh, the, this schedule, Crow, I, I know that we've kind of talked a little bit off the pod. Of course, we talk like every day, but you're, you're starting to go a little bit squirrely as are we. Uh, you know, you're in like a, you're, well, you're in like, like, you know, your own little bubble, like your own, you know, you're in your own, you're not in the bubble, but you have your own little seclusion area going on basically in life. And here it's like, we're just basically here and at the arena, but at all times of the day and this whole mental clock and the games every two days, it's starting away on a guy. Uh, we're like halfway through the finish line is in sight. One thing that has made this uh, a lot more enjoyable, um, is the fact that the guys are winning and uh, it's been a whole lot of fun to watch but we're a day late because we had games on Sunday night uh, on Easter Sunday then we also had a game on Monday night which again that 9 o'clock game that means they know us at the office we're not getting out of the building until at least 1 o'clock in the morning kind of thing so makes for some late ones but when it's a you know big wins uh, like, like we saw which uh, the game versus Saskatoon heading into that game Saskatoon finally just lost the night before in regulation for the first time uh, that season but it was still you know a, a matchup with first place on on the line and uh, not only did the team come out and play fantastic versus them and get a big win the next night it's a big test versus a pa team that was uh, hungry for a bit of revenge after after the uh, well straight up stomping that they took the game before yeah and i gotta play this clip i hope this comes through on the speakers uh i'm just gonna Will Farrell yelling, we're going streaking from old school. I yeah, Will Farrell right yelling, streaking. It's certainly uh, been a great streak. How about? Uh, it's just crazy to think that Brandon strung together seven victories here against some real good opponents. Uh, that Prince game Monday, that was a playoff game. It, it really was from start to finish. Felt like a playoff game. Had a playoff finish. The rivalry certainly was there. So now uh, with today, the day we record this on Tuesday, April 6th, uh, Saskatoon loses in overtime, so Brandon's still one point up in top spot still in that East Division, and a game here uh, on Wednesday the 7th, the late game against Swift Current. So uh, it's been a great run of hockey for the Brandon Wheat Kings. Uh, it's been a lot of fun to call games on Q Country. It's been a lot of fun working with you guys, getting all the content out, and the fans have been excellent. And, um, you know, I, I ran into to Jordy from the keg uh, before the game here the other day. He owns the keg in Lethbridge, Regina, and the one in Brandon as well. And uh, he's, he's here feeding the boys, feeding all the teams. And uh, he was walking to the rink and he just said, you know what? Great job, guys. Like the, the work that, you know, the, the, the teams are doing to keep the fans engaged. It's, it's awesome. So um, tip of the cap to you guys. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. And you know what? Like we talked about last night after the game, you know, the job is the same no matter what happens. Win or loss, the job's 
stays the same. The description, the duties are all the same. But when the team wins, everything just changes a little bit. It's a little bit more fun. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, we've played 13 games now. Uh, and so we're over the midway point. Like you said, finish line's in sight. And uh, I just wanted to mention this note. You talked about the schedule. And I wrote this out earlier in my game notes for tomorrow. Uh, Wednesday's game against Swift Current, which would be tonight, if you're listening to this the day it's released, it'll be the third game in four days. And Brandon currently in the middle of eight games in 14 days. That is the busiest stretch of hockey we've seen in this Brandon Weekend Club in a long, long time. So uh, crazy. We're almost over. I mean, this thing's almost over. And it's kind of sad to think about that, to be honest with you. So let's stay on the positive side. But uh, yeah, as Will Farrell says, we're going streaking. And we're going to try and make it eight here uh, later tonight. So we are going to talk about uh, those upcoming games here this week in a little bit. Uh, but with it being the 50th episode, you know, we thought that, again, we would kind of throw back the roots a little bit and, and get one of the most familiar names uh, in the podcast history and go back to the man who, you know, had the most downloads, who kind of helped us get this thing really off the ground back in the day, uh, who has always been so good to us. I mean, every time we reach out to him, and I, I mean, and talk about a man who has a very busy schedule right now, as we're about to hear. Uh, like it's the week before the trade deadline, and here he is taking time out of his day to sit down and do a Zoom call with us. Like it was the best part. It was, of it was I texted him last Friday, and and it's funny. Normally, you know, if Kelly texts me, I respond right away uh, because you know he for the longest time. Of course, he's you the do. Boss, right? He's the <laughs> boss. So, uh, but when you text Kelly, he's so busy. It usually takes a while, but he usually gets back to you. And so on Friday, he said, "Yeah, no problem." I got a couple of meetings, but we'll make a time work. I said, great. So then I text him and said, hey, does 10 a.m. work for you? And he goes, no, the deadline's in a week. Come on, boys. <laughs> so I said, okay, we'll do it whenever it works for you. And he was able to, he got up uh, 8 o'clock Vegas time. We were able to do that this morning before he got into his pro meetings. And he touches on that a little bit. So, uh, you know, he, he always likes to uh, joke around. He's he, People always see him as so serious all the time. But uh, he's just he's just a great guy. He's so good with us. And he lets us know every once in a while that, you know, uh, we got to sharpen up attention to detail. That's key. So uh, love talking with him today. And uh, certainly it's it sucks because, you know, we had a great conversation when we weren't even recording when it was all over. Maybe we were just three guys shooting the breeze. And uh, it's too bad that that can't go to the pod. But uh, certainly another great guest. And he let us know and reminded us that he is the number one most downloaded guy. And he wanted us to make sure we kept it that way. So. Uh, It's up to you, fans. Keep cramming the top downloaded guy here moving forward. It's episode 50 of the Weekly Harvest presented by Coors Light, the official beer of the brand of Wee Kings. And uh, here we go. Our talk with uh, Kelly McCrimmon, who is down live in... Krim, where are you? Are you down in Vegas here right now? Las Vegas, Nevada. And you're getting all ready for next week. Just kind of tell us what what you're kind of going through right now. Well, the NHL trade deadline is uh, this Monday, April 12th, so... Uh, the team was in St. Louis last night. We play in St. Louis again tomorrow. So I uh, always travel with the team. But because of uh, what's going on with the trade deadline, we have uh, our pro staff uh, in Summerlin, uh, Nevada, I guess is uh, technically where uh, we are at our practice facility, which includes our offices. So our pro staff is in town. We're in meetings all week as we uh, prepare for uh, the trade deadline on Monday. So didn't travel with the team uh, this time. They're in St. Louis uh, right now. So uh, we have meetings here uh, beginning in about 45 minutes. Certainly a busy time for everybody in the NHL, but how much does the pandemic and the rules affect what you guys can do? Well, it's uh, it's different for sure. 
um, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, I don't know if we're recording this uh, live or for a later date, but the, the trade deadline is, uh, is six days from now. And it's going to be really interesting to see how much activity there is uh, in the NHL. I know for fans, for media, um, you know, the more the merrier. Uh, I think it's an exciting time for uh, for hockey fans and for teams. It's, you know, your last opportunity to, uh, you know, to add to your roster or depending on where you're at with uh, your, your team and your organization, you may be moving players off of your roster. Um, pandemic is a part of it. It was a really different off season, um, you know, than any other. Uh, the flat cap is part of it. Um, expansion is part of it. Uh, and and uh, just, uh, you know, in quick terms for, you know, expansion, if you acquire a player, that has term left on his uh, contract, then you have to make the decision if you're going to protect him or not protect him. So, uh, you know, that may force you to expose another player. So really that's an added cost to, uh, to making that trade. So there's going to be a lot of those uh, things that uh, come into it. And then the other thing, you know, generally you would look at the uh, league standings and, and anticipate that the top teams would be uh, what you'd classify as the buyers. Well, of the buyers, uh, you know, virtually all those teams are right at the salary cap. So uh, that's the part that's a little bit uh, probably uh, you know, confusing or challenging for a fan to understand. Uh, but the salary cap really dictates what uh, what you can or cannot do. And I mean, obviously, you have a, a lot going on, not just with that, but then you're also trying to also manage the the scouting staff and what's happening there. How much do you have your finger on what's going on, like in the WHL? Obviously, it's not like a, like like it used to be, but are, like, are you keeping track of what's what, what's happening in the hub and, and across the league? Yeah, you, you do, but you know, uh, as an NHL general manager, your uh, your day to day focus is your NHL team, and then. You know, we have a, a tremendous staff. And, you know, the, the one thing about the NHL compared to the WHL, it's amazing the similarities, but the one difference is your staffs are uh, much bigger. So, uh, you know, for me, uh, you know, my connection to amateur players is Bob Lowe's, who, of course, uh, Brandon people uh, would recognize uh, his name. He's been with us um, since day one or, or shortly after I was hired, he was one of our uh, first hires. So his title is the assistant director of uh, player personnel. And part of that role is he uh, oversees the amateur draft. So, um, you know, he, he's, you know, my eyes and ears uh, with respect to uh, amateur players. You know, I've got uh, enough connections and conversations that I have with people associated with the WHL. I still feel I have uh, a good feel for, uh, the WHL, but, you know, around the world and, you know, into the United States, it's uh, Bobby and his staff that uh, do the work on the amateurs and on the pro side, uh, you know, another uh, player with Wheat King ties, Von Carpen is our director of player personnel and he oversees our pro scouting staff. So that's the group that work uh, in pro scouting. So they watch NHL teams, they watch American hockey league teams, and then their involvement is, uh, you know, at a time like now when we're preparing for a trade deadline there, uh, that entire staff is here uh, in Nevada. As we do those meetings, they're involved, uh, you know, in free agency, for example. The amateur staff is is who oversees uh, the draft. So that's uh, the differ the differentiation between the responsibilities of the two groups. But as a manager, and I'm, I'm taking a long time to answer a simple question, as a manager, you rely on those people uh, underneath you to uh, to take care of that. 
So it's been, I, I don't know the exact number because it goes back to your playing days, but it was, you know, well over 25 years of your involvement with the Brandon Wheat Kings. So now that this is your first kind of season where you don't have a, an everyday kind of uh, finger on the pulse of what's happening inside the Wheat King organization, does that, is it feel like you've got less work on your plate or now is it still the same, but just more focused on one area or, you know, what's your thought process on not being directly involved with Brandon this year? Well, it's less for sure. Uh, Brandon, it, it, uh, you know, there's, there's been, there's been kind of two steps, right? There's when I came to work, uh, in the NHL was, uh, you know, a different role for myself with the Wheat Kings than I'd ever had. I mean, for 27 years, I was, uh, there every single day, uh, you know, uh, responsible for uh, a lot of different aspects of, uh, of the organization with uh, my sleeves rolled up doing uh, doing the work day to day. You know, when I came here, it was one step removed where, you know, certainly I was watching every game I could. I was, uh, you know, involved, uh, you know, likely more on the business side than the hockey side when I, uh, when I came down here. And now with the sale, uh, you know, I am uh, involved still as a, uh, as an advisor, as a consultant uh, to Jared and uh, and his group, uh, you know, I talk with Rich all the time in terms of uh, the team, the players, and everything else. So I'm still involved, but uh, you know, you're not you're no longer the owner. So you know, Jared is uh, putting his stamp on uh, the organization in different ways. You know, I'm more of a resource for him when he is uh, you know learning you know, how things uh, happen in the league, who the different people are. I still sit in on the board of governors calls. I uh, sit in on probably, you know, half the general manager's calls if, uh, if I'm available uh, to do so. So um, it's less responsibility. My interest level is still, uh, you know, very high. I don't think that's ever uh, going to change. It'll be, uh, you know, a team that I'm <clears throat> always, uh, you know, aware of what's going on and following and, uh, to be honest, I'm really happy to still be involved. Well, and and you know that you're always going to be involved just with your legacy of the team. I when, mean, when people think Weeking Hockey, of course they're going to think about about the McCrimmon name. That's just kind of what's what what's been built in, and what you've built across throughout the Weeking legacy in now the NHL. We kind of touched on this a lot on the last pod, but even now there's been more former Weekings who have made their NHL debut. Is it kind of like a like like a hockey dad proud moment that when you see these guys who have come up through the ranks make their make their pro debuts, like seeing Logan Thomason make us you know get get some action in the NHL? Yeah, I, I really enjoy that part of it, and and I've said many times that, um, you know, for me the the most gratifying part of working in junior hockey, and, and certainly people that do. What I did in Brandon are competitive people. Winning is a big part of it. It's the ultimate goal. But, um, you know, working with that age of player, uh, you've got a chance to really have an impact on uh, young people's lives at an important time uh, in their life when they're going from, you know, anywhere from the ages of 16 uh, to 20 and then seeing where people go uh, afterward. And obviously, uh, you know, the guys that get the opportunity to play in the National Hockey League, you're, uh, you know, extremely happy for. And it's it's great now that I can, you know, on occasion bump into those guys. This year's a little bit different with the playing all uh, in one division, but I really enjoy seeing guys or texting back and forth with guys that uh, have played uh, in the Wheat King 
organization, but as well, um, you know, I, I, when I would be in the weekend office, I would love when a guy would stop by, whether he was in town for something else or, or what have you, the guys that have gone on to be, you know, husbands and fathers and, uh, you know, in the workforce, uh, I, I really enjoy, uh, seeing where life has taken different people. The one thing that I find interesting and, and Perry Bergson, uh, who of course does so, uh, such good work on his alumni series, uh, I love reading those and I, I love reading it about guys that played when I played. I love reading it about uh, guys that came through the organization when uh, when I was involved in the organization. And, you know, to a man, there's a pretty consistent theme that it was a big part of their lives. And you take a lot of uh, just real core values that I uh, I feel serve you really well uh, in life. And, and I, uh, you know, I sure tried to always touch on those realities when you're coaching a team or working with a group of players that there's, you know, a lot of these things that a lot of the expectations we have on people, uh, you know, reaching the the ceiling of their abilities are, you know, some of the very same traits that are going to serve them well as, you know, as firemen, as policemen, as school teachers, as, uh, as, as husbands, as fathers, those are some of those same traits. So I think that's uh, uh, for me, uh, the best part about junior hockey. And I know uh, Brad uh, McCrimmon, my brother, always uh, used to say that the best years of his hockey career were junior hockey. And he played with the Wheat Kings for three years. He played in the NHL for 18 years. He won a Stanley Cup. So for him to to say that, and he was consistent with that all the time, that that, that was the best, uh, uh, the best time of his hockey career was junior hockey, just based on those, uh, those friendships that just, uh, that just last uh, so long and uh, the experience of playing junior hockey. So, um, you know, his story was uh, certainly much uh, more successful as a hockey player than most, but that piece of it, uh, I think, is really meaningful to all players. Speaking of that, I got to ask you this. Now, Gordon Miller tweeted out on, on Brad's birthday back on March 29th, the game in which he played all but two minutes of that game because of a penalty. Do you, do you remember that, like, how how outrageous is that to think about in this day and age? Well, it wasn't uh, that outrageous to us at the time because he had been doing it for uh, – he, he played a lot. Brad always played a lot. He had tremendous stamina. Dunk McCallum, our coach, uh, really relied on him. And, of course, that was the 78-79 team, which was such a strong team. Well, in and around, I believe, kind of February – uh, Mike Perovich, who was a really good defenseman on our team, he was drafted, I think, 21st or 22nd overall by uh, by Atlanta. He broke his arm. Uh, it was after the trade deadline, and, uh, you know, you didn't have any ability to replace the player. So really, you know, from that point on, I don't think Brad played less than 50 minutes. And, uh, you know, that was through uh, February. That was through the playoffs. We had to go as far as Portland in our league final series with all the travel and everything else. And then when we got to the Memorial Cup, he, you know, he played, you know, the, the Memorial Cup finally played the entire game except for uh, the penalty that he took uh, during the game. So that was, uh, you know, by that point, that was uh, what we expected uh, from him because that was what we had uh, been doing, you know, through the entire playoffs. It was that type of, uh, that type of workload. But, uh, you know, because when we got to the Memorial Cup, it's interesting that, you know, the different uh, kind of senior uh, media people I see now that were young guys that were, 
you know, in and around the game at that time. And uh, that was something that was uh, pretty amazing to people that uh, a player could play uh, the entire game. So that was uh, a true story. And uh, I was there and saw it with my own two eyes. So in your entire coaching career, Krim, what is the most minutes you think that you've ever played a weekend defenseman? And who was that? If you had to take a guess. Um, well, it would be Ivan Provorov, uh, uh, you know, for, for a bunch of reasons. One, tremendously uh, talented player. But secondly, he, he could do it because he was such a good skater. But, you know, we always, in fact, I, I always, uh, you know, you look at time on ice, it's a big thing now, right? And, you know, junior hockey, uh, your mandate is to develop players, right? So, um you know, I always kind of drew the line with Ivan Provorov. He wouldn't play more than 25 minutes ordinarily. Uh, you know, Braden Shen, who I thought was as good a forward as we had come through the organization uh, in recent times, you know, we we always kept him under 20. And I think, you know, if, you, if you're going to make sure that your young players play enough, if you're going to make sure that the third defenseman play enough, you know, that's how you have to do it. And, and junior hockey, you know, has always been about, making sure you play the young guys early or else you won't be able to play them later in the season. So, you know, part of that is, you know, some patience and understanding that there's a learning curve for young players, but if you do it right in the first half of the year, in the second half of the year, those guys uh, can play. If you don't play them in the first half, well, in the second half, then they aren't, they aren't able to do it. So it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy when you don't play those young players. So to do that, uh, you have to, you know, have, you know, an understanding of, uh, you know, there's, there's five guys on the ice at a time. So you have to, uh, you have to figure it out that way, but you know, Ivan could play all night. Uh, you know, Ivan plays that much in the NHL, uh, with, uh, uh, with Philadelphia. So the guys that can play those big minutes, uh, you know, generally you need real good skating ability and generally you need good hockey sense. So, you know, uh, you know how to manage, <clears throat> manage your game. So that would be, I guess, uh, in the recent times, the two guys that I felt played, uh, the most, I think, you know, when I was managing and Bobby was coaching, you know, Wade Redden would be one of those guys. Marty Murray would be one of those guys. Those were guys that, uh, you know, could play an awful lot of hockey. And as a coach, you felt, you felt awful good when they were on the ice. I guess uh, as we kind of wind things down here a little bit, Kelly, obviously you guys are getting some fans back inside uh, the fortress and it's been neat to see different arenas, um, you know, Pittsburgh, Colorado, Minnesota, uh, cities starting to bring fans back in. Now, it's it's no argument that the Vegas Golden Knights have the, the craziest fan base in the NHL. So even at 3,000 fans, what's it like in the building? Is it Does it feel like a small crowd or at this point does it feel like a sold-out barn even with only 3,000 in there? Well, it's been really interesting, uh, as a lot of things have been in the last uh, 14 months. Um, we, we're just under 4,000 fans now, and it is such a welcome change. We played all that hockey in Edmonton in the bubble. We made it to the conference finals where there's you know only the piped-in noise, the fake noise. Um, no fans in the building in Edmonton. Started the year in Vegas with no fans in the building. And early in the year, we went to uh, Arizona. might have been second or third week of the season. They had, I think, 2,600 fans. And, and because of the proximity of Las Vegas to Arizona, a lot of those fans were our fans. And right then, it was just incredible the difference of having some uh, live uh, people watching the game. So now when we get back uh, to Vegas and we've got people in our building, um, 
I, I can't explain the difference. It's just, it's such a welcome change and it's almost like you, you know, just take for granted uh, what real fans are watching a hockey game. Our fans are great fans here. And I, I find now with 4,000 of them, it's almost like they feel they've got to do extra work because there's uh, less of them. And uh, yeah, the atmosphere has been really good in our building and we are, you know, the, the county regulations dictate all of these things. I think we're going to be able to go up to 50%. I don't know that that'll translate to 50% of our facility based on social distancing still has to be, uh, be part of that. But the people on the business side of our uh, organization are taking care of that. But it, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's obvious what I'm saying, but, but when you're there living it, it's just incredible the difference it is uh, to have people in the building. Well, just seeing the the videos being shared across social media of the Blue Jays playing in Texas in front of a, a full, full crowd, as we know that they're just completely open for business down there, um, it just kind of reminds you the way life used to be, and it seems like it was so long ago, but it's nice to take those those steps and get back to that. Um, Krim, we know that you've uh, got a really busy day. I want to thank you for taking time. Uh, I know that uh, you, you know, you had to get back on here for a third time. So now you can match Darren Ritchie for the most all-time appearances on the Weekly Harvest. I know that's very important yep. as the, as you know, our favorite and uh, our best all-time guest. So thank you for that. Yeah, episode six, I believe I was initially for people who want to go back in their archives and listen to what uh, I understand was the most listened to podcast at that it, time. It, it is still the most downloaded. Your your initial <laughs> appearance is the most downloaded. And uh, yes, with Rich, with with, with his three combined, it, uh, it, it overtook you. But now with this one, I don't know anymore. So thank you for this episode 50 for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Good luck, Grim. Yeah, thanks, man. Special thanks to our episode 50 guest uh, live from uh, the offices in the heat of the Nevada sun today, uh, Kelly McCrimmon, the general manager of the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, like we joked about before the interview, it's not like he has anything better to do than talk to a couple of peasants in Brandon and talk uh, Wheat King hockey. Uh, but uh, that's just the type of guy he is. Made room uh, in his schedule and uh, was able to to get some time with him. So I want to thank him for that. His second appearance on the pod uh, that takes me back to a funny story about his first appearance. And we've told this on the story on the, on the pod before his cell phone, about his phone <laughs> it uh, went off again, like at least two times. But so the first time we sat down with him was in, uh, was in Rick Delabo's office in, in the week King uh, hockey office. And during the pod, Kelly's phone kept dinging like loud, like, b- like ding, ding, <laughs> ding while we were doing the interview. And both of us kept looking at each other like, well, it's not my phone, it's not your phone. But which one of us is going to tell him to turn his phone off? <laughs> so neither one of us did. We let it ride. And then today when we were talking and the first time his phone dinged, I almost had to put my face into my arm because I was laughing at the fact that here we go again. His phone was dinging in the background. But uh, working, that's awesome. Working with him for the for the few years I did, uh, that phone is always on max volume. and It always has the most professional alerts. It's the ding or it's the ring. There's no custom ringtones. There's no any funny sound effects. It's uh, it's it, it's it, it's all what you hear. All there. business. All business. All business. That man. All business. That's why. So it's we look forward so great to to, to seeing what happens here with the Vegas Golden Knights. Of course, the trade deadline's coming up. They're really pushing for a playoff spot. Uh, we'll see if Kelly can pull any more uh, trade magic. Actually, speaking of Jordy uh, from the keg earlier, when I was walking into the rink, I I, I asked him. 
you know, uh, have you have you heard much from Kelly McCrimmon uh, since he got to Vegas? Have you sent him any notes or have you been down to watch a game or anything? Because, of course, he fed the team for years when Kelly was in charge and traveling with the team. And he said, no, I haven't really seen him. I've, you know, wished him luck or whatever. But <laughs> he told me about the shirt that he had made for Kelly. The T-shirts. Now, the <laughs> the McCriminal. The McCriminal. So at the time, Jordy was in Lethbridge, and and Kelly, of course, had won a couple of trades with the Hurricanes, including getting Reed Duke and, and Ryan Pilon and you know a couple other big trades. So Jordy and his McCoy boys had camps. a shirt. Yeah, McCoyer Camps, who ended up you know captaining this team to a championship. So they got a shirt made up that said, "You've been hit by, you've been struck by the smooth McCriminal," and then they had on the back like a concert lineup of all of the trades. All the Kelly trades he's won. won over the years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Jordy said he loves it. That's his favorite piece of clothing hanging in his basement. So I thought that was hilarious. I'd never heard that story before. So yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, no, he likes to tell that story. I've heard that one as well from him. But <laughs> I, I, I love that. That is a great one. What a great shirt to, to like just to have in the idea. Uh, so a uh, reminder, everybody, uh, you can look out for the social media post. That's the one you want to go and you want to share. You want to like, uh, take a couple of fellow Week King fans, get in for that draw, or you can send us an email and just tell us uh, simply who your favorite guest was or anything you want to say. I mean, we just want to get some kind of interaction, get to uh, get your name. We can get you in the draw basically. So Q weekly harvest at gmail.com Q weekly harvest at gmail.com or go on social media and find those posts. And again, a massive thank you to the Week King team store, uh, for donating that game worn Eric Roy jersey the weeking team store so the the keystone is still like shut down but you can get to the you can get to the team store so the one door on top of the ramp uh, is open you can go in there on the on the on the ramp uh, on the doors there's a phone number that you can call we can come down let you in if you can't figure it out as well but uh the team store is there and it's all new it looks fantastic and crow i know you haven't obviously been in regina for a while but when you get back you got to come and take a look at this new grayson line that we're literally just getting in right now uh today another seven box showed up if you like our stealth jersey so this is uh, and grayson is a is a very high-end clothing line but uh it's basically our stealth uh inspired series so a lot of the grayed out logo um a lot of the a lot of the dark um it, it looks so sharp and they're really comfortable really high-end stuff so if you want to check it out you can look on look online on the team store website or come on down to the keystone center and check it out but thank you to the team store for donating that that's awesome of them that game worn jersey it's like 150 dollars value uh, as of right now oh, in the store awesome. so and, and really appreciate Eric that. Roy, yeah, Eric Roy was a fan favorite, of course. Eric uh, Roy, he was part of the line. Eastern Division Championship team there back in 2014-15. Um, yeah, you know, a lot of fans loved him. Uh, he played here as a 20-year-old. So, uh, Eric Roy, Game Worn Jersey this week. Thank you. A uh, couple of housekeeping things. Uh, you wanted to mention the 50-50, which this was the biggest pot of the two that have happened here yeah. so far. Um, Hopefully and, it'll keep growing because I mean again yeah. I mean all the all the funds go uh, directly to the player uh, scholarship foundation so uh, you know we all know how, how how great that is actually I have an interview scheduled we should maybe tell us in with the podcast I've got an interview scheduled with uh, Jeff McIntosh uh, local uh, dentist here pr- Princess dentist. Dental your dentist uh, he's the dentist of the brand of Weekings as well so he's the dentist for for a whole lot of us but uh, I set up uh, an interview with him because we're gonna be doing uh, something uh, uh, for the broadcast just talking about where the 50-50 money goes for the scholarship foundation because there's a guy that you know played his junior career here took advantage of that had his schooling paid for and i mean and now he's a doctor and he had that covered it's a it's a great story um so maybe yeah, we even tie that in and we try and tie that into this too maybe he'd be up for it again i'm throwing him on the spot for that so jeff if you, yeah, if you jeff, happen to uh, find out about this i literally i'm just when i contacted you i was thinking about the scholarship foundation only but as i'm talking out loud about uh, what's coming up uh you know talking 50 50 
Kentucky. Um, there's just a, you know, a great story in general, but even if I just take that, we can maybe air it here or whatever. We'll figure it out. Yeah, but, uh, but, 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 uh, but yeah, so all the money with 50, 50, it goes to help out our players like that. So when they're done, they get that, uh, they, they, they get that free schooling. Um, it's just a great program and you're, you know, and thanks to you and the radio coverage and the social media, I, we did get a bigger pot this time and hopefully that just keeps growing as we go along. Uh, cause without Next us having time. the entire yeah. season, um, that is, you know, a lot of money that we have to make up and there's still the same amount of players that are going to be eventually going to school. So still got to make that up somehow. And we don't have the sportsman's dinner this year either. So when it comes to the foundation, that's its own separate entity from, from the, from the club need to make sure that that happens. So appreciate everybody who's buying 50, 50 tickets. All you have to do is click the banner at the top of the Weekings website. It's, it's so simple. You just go to weekings.com and you really can't miss it. Click on 50. Can't miss it. You have to be in Manitoba though. So I know for guys like Aaron White and Dan Block uh, out in uh, Alberta, um, they can't buy it. But if you have a buddy that's in Manitoba, uh, you might be able to help out, help you out there. Um, a couple of things I wanted to mention. First off, for those of you that are watching this on the YouTube or the WCG TV feed, you'll notice that Chris is wearing his green Humboldt Broncos t-shirt. Uh, and on the day that we release this, April 7th, is Green Shirt Day. Now, for those of you that don't know, this is all about raising awareness for organ donation in honor of Logan Boulay, of course, who passed away in that bus crash. Now, just weeks before the bus crash, Logan signed up to be an organ donor based on his uh, mentor and, and gym partner, Rick Suggett. Now, between the two of them, who both tragically passed away too early, they saved a dozen lives by donating organs. And his family has really put all their steam behind this uh, Canadian Transplant Association Green Shirt Day. It's all about registering to be an organ donor, telling your family that you want to be an organ donor, and trying to find some inspiration to get your family talking about the potential and what it means to be an organ donor. So uh, on this uh, April 7th, the day we release this, it is Green Shirt Day. So uh, certainly a great, great uh, foundation. And of course, we, we can't uh, fail to mention that, of course, the day we record this is the three-year anniversary of the Humboldt Broncos bus crash. So uh, great tribute um, today by uh, the Wheat Kings uh, to show off the bench uh, that is uh, right there uh, on the ramp when you come up. Uh, it's certainly a, just a fitting tribute with the trees planted there and a beautiful uh, bench with some signage and a bit of a story on it as well. So um, we know that the hockey world will never be the same, but uh, certainly there's a lot of good things that have come out of this, and uh, Green Shirt Day is one of them. So check it out at greenshirtday.ca, and uh, be sure to or- donate your organs if you can. At least talk about it. That, that's all I ask. Uh, I'm an organ donor. I have been since the day I got my license. Uh, of course, I'm a vo- former uh, humble Bronco myself. Uh, I was a radio guy there for two years. Um, and uh, spent a good part of my first few years in the hockey world in Humboldt. So it's uh, something close to my heart, and I I certainly hope that we King fans will at least talk about it. And uh, take a look, greenshirtday.ca. So uh, one other thing I wanted to mention, too, before uh, we go, um, speaking of foundations and great things, uh, Brandon Weeking's assistant general manager, Doug Gasper, and his family have officially launched the Gasper Family Foundation. Now, um, for those of you that don't know, uh, Doug's son, Troy, his wife, Carissa, and their three children, Kale, Shay, and Max, uh, were all uh, tragically taken away way too soon in a, in a traffic accident, like a, a highway accident in Saskatchewan, shortly after that Humboldt Broncos bus crash. So the family ha- has, has rallied together, uh, and they are a new foundation that is a nonprofit organization that will bring families and communities together through inclusive and interactive play. They're building playgrounds, splash parks, um, free play, outdoor play areas, creative areas, and, and places for families to have fun together. So uh, visit Gasper, that's G-A-S-P-E-R, familyfoundation.com. Uh, read their uh, mission statement, what they're doing, different projects around Saskatchewan and Western Canada. 
and you can donate there as well. So uh, the Gasper Family Splash Park was originally uh, completed in July of 2019, and you can watch the video. It is absolutely beautiful tribute to the Gasper family, and of course, that is directly tied to the Wheat Kings with assistant GM Doug Gasper. So there's a couple of housekeeping items uh, for me. Uh, what else you got here, Chris, this week? Anything? Well, next up, we're going to talk about our schedule because, uh, of course, yeah. it just keeps rolling along. Uh, you know, we're averaging with the, with these games, like we said, every, every couple of days and, and all these back to backs. Um, so, uh, it gets even getting so confusing that even you on the radio, or, I mean, sometimes I know that you were teeing it up and you kept referring it to Saturday and we're like, no, no, it's Friday, right? And then we were thinking like on the office, like, wait, no, it's Saturday, Friday. And we were got all so confused that we got backwards this week. So we play this week on, uh, Wednesday, Wednesday, which is the day this comes out. <laughs> we play on Friday and then we play right. on Sunday. The 11th. So for this week, it's the Wednesday, it's the Friday and it's the Sunday. Uh, for a better look at the schedule, a nice little graphic just went out today on the social media that uh, that Kelly McGinnis made. So you can go and you can take a look at that. I know I've already saved that to my phone because it's a really handy little thing to do. Uh, so if you want to help keep track, it's it, it's it's the next three weeks worth of games and game times and opponents in one handy little photo. So um, however you're keeping track, uh, hopefully you're you're trying to stay sane with it. Uh, I know that you know as a crow and there's a lot of people, um, even some of the diehards that it, when the middle of the week comes and it's the nine o'clock game they just can't stay up for the full game but i know that we're hearing that they're appreciating that when they wake up they can go back to the social media feed to to the twitter feed to the facebook and literally just the entire game is there um the downside is i think that we're creating an expectation for our fans (laughs) that next year when we hopefully are back in our building and we're doing a whole lot of other stuff i I don't know who's going to be taking over and doing all of these tasks um uh but uh but i know like uh yeah as uh, you know, working for the club right now and, and hearing back from the fans, uh, we appreciate uh, everything that, that that they're saying with that and us keeping them up to date as much as we can because there is a lot of games in a short amount of time and uh, we just want people to be able to to enjoy them as much as they can. If it's if it's live and you're staying up, we love that. If you happen to be you know watching the clips every now and then because there's just a lot going on, we we totally get that too. But however you're watching, I appreciate that you're along for the ride, especially these last seven games. It's been a lot of fun to yeah. be a part of. It's been a lot of fun as Brandon looks to make it eight and then uh, maybe nine. We still don't really know what's coming at the end of this. Um, if Brandon does win this hub uh, and finish the top spot, the East, they will get from what I understand the subway hub championship trophy. But I don't know if that's like a bronzed meatball, a bronzed sub footlong or something. You think? <laughs> I don't entirely know. And I don't even know, like I've asked around if, if they get the East division red banner that they normally would. And I've asked around, nobody seems to really know the answer to that. So I'm hoping that I can try and figure that out because it would be nice. I mean, if Brandon did win this thing to at least we could have a banner raising ceremony (laughs) to start next year uh, and celebrate a little bit of success at least. Uh, But I mean, there's lots of hockey left to be played and lots can happen, but uh, certainly uh, a lot of fun right now and uh, looking forward to it. Uh, A couple of uh, thank yous we want to throw out as we celebrate our 50th anniversary. First off, you mentioned it. We want to thank you, the listener. Sorry, for downloading. sorry, I got to correct you. Not fiftieth anniversary. Oh, fiftieth yeah. podcast. Fiftieth podcast. But yeah. go on. Anyway, yeah, fiftieth episode. Sorry, that's my mistake. I'm like you said, I'm starting to lose. Just because you know there's going to be somebody who's going to call out and be like, "He said anniversary." Yeah, no, fiftieth episode. Uh, Might as well be me being, being that annoying yeah. voice. <laughs> uh, we want to thank you, the listener. Um, I know I get a lot of feedback. Uh, people texting me, sending me uh, Snapchats, tweets, whatever. Uh, we got a lot of big fans. We mentioned him already, Dan Block. Uh, he's a regular listener out in Red Deer. 
Uh, we know Aaron White. He listens to every episode. Uh, there's lots of people that are always. You know who I get? Episodes. It's just random people like who are just like walking like through the because like, like obviously you don't see people around these days. But like some of the maintenance guys in, in like the in in the Keystone, they'll just like mention about some guests they had. Like Randy's talked about it before. Uh, or uh, uh, one time I was walking by and the Thesons were walking out of the We King Team store and Red was like, "Hey, we heard your scooter podcast. That was a great one. Yeah, we listen all the time. Okay, thanks. So you know so when, you when 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 people mention that like. In passing it, it 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 definitely means a lot too but yeah thank you for listening and being along with this um we definitely appreciate it uh you know when we first started this we literally were like well we just wanted to do a week king podcast like we just want to talk about the team and and give ourselves some more coverage and uh and over the 50 episodes it's kind of turned into i mean we'll be honest us just having fun at sometimes too and just being able to catch up and whatever talk fishing talk talk entertainment talk talk whatever we want to at some points uh but uh but it has been a whole lot of fun in these 50 episodes and and like we said at the top is i I like your analogy we're like we're like a diesel engine we're we're only just warming up i don't i don't (laughs) think we're gonna hit our stride till at least 75 to 80 so yeah we still got some growth yeah there's a lot of people that go uh behind the scenes uh of course chris does all of the actual like production of this from his technical uh radio studio in his house so, you know, I, I kind of book the guests and kind of line things up. Uh, Chris does most of the production, if not all of it. And then we send it over to the radio station. Corey Morris finishes it up, polishes it up a little bit. And then he sends it over to Tammy Kerpeel. She ends up uploading it to Podbean, which then sends it out to Spotify and Apple and everywhere else. And then, of course, there's an entire team of marketing girls in, in Courtney and Bailey. My wife is one of them as well. Um, Dana they do now. all the... What's that? Our good friend Dana, now with the radio oh, yeah, station. Rignesky, yeah, there we go. She's, uh, she's in, in on the fold. crew as well. Yep. Uh, they do all the social media, the the marketing, um, the sales of it. Of course, Cruise Light jumping on board. Uh, they're a big support of ours as well. So there's a lot of people behind the scenes. Brooksy, Brooksy. Brooksy. thanks to Brooksy barking. for barking on every yeah. podcast for at least the last four. Come so on, Brooksy. Had- That's what I'm saying. <laughs> My cat's walked across the screen a couple times. Brooksy's barked. My two dogs have barked. Uh, I don't know why he's barking. There's, a lot there's of, no noise right now. There's a lot of things going on that make this podcast happen. So thank you to everybody for their help. Um, the staff at Q Country, uh, everybody at Q Country for supporting it, and the Wheat Kings as well. So this is uh, episode 50, presented by Coors Light, the official beer of the brand of Wheat Kings, featuring special guest Kelly McCrimmon, Vegas Golden Knights general manager. Uh, and uh, remember, check out the social media feeds for our official 50th episode giveaway featuring that beautiful game-worn jersey of Eric Roy and a couple of signed prints uh, whenever this gets released here on Wednesday, April 7th. Anyway, anything else, Chris? No, that's it. Really appreciate it. Uh, again, stay tuned at weekings.com or watch.chl.ca. .tv, .ca, watch.chl.ca for all the video feed. And uh, yeah, just thanks for listening. Thanks for following us. And until next week, have a good one. Cheers. Be sure to follow Q Country and the Wee Kings on Twitter and Facebook for all your Brandon Wee Kings news. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Harvest.